Okay, so let's talk about Vata, Pitta and Kapha, the three doshas from Ayurveda. And don't worry, this is going to be very beginner friendly. I take you through this just from the beginning. If you are a yoga student, you might have heard of this. If you're interested in Ayurveda, of course, maybe you already know which dosha you are. If not, I can maybe help you figure this out. And of course, there are as many ways you can really improve your health and keep your health in balance if you know your dosha and you know certain principles that help to keep your dosha in balance. Yeah, so our dosha is basically is a set of constitutional characteristics, yeah, just like bodily characteristics and also mentally. Uh, for example, you know, some of us tend more to feeling cold, others feel hot all the time. Some prefer dry weather or humid weather. Uh, some put easily on weight and others struggle to, to gain more weight. So it's certain characteristics that we have. And um, Ayurveda uses this to, to know what is going on with somebody who has a certain health problem. Yeah, this makes us more, um, yeah, more likely to get certain type of health problems and others not. Yeah, and there is a certain set of lifestyle practices and foods to eat or to avoid that we can easily integrate in our yeah that we can easily integrate in our daily life and daily routine and of course there are also herbs we can take to balance our dosha so let's dig into the weeds okay so vata pitta and kapha yeah um Yeah, let's start with Vata. <laughs> It's uh, the first dosha. Usually you say it in, in this kind of order in Ayurveda. Yeah, it is a very tricky and very important dosha. I mean, we are all, you know, if you now think like, oh, I'm not a Vata type, I'm a Kapha type or Pitta or whatever. Keep listening anyway, because Vata is the thing that can corrupt the other doshas. Yeah, it can... Uh, it can even affect somebody who is basically a pitta dosha or kapha dosha. You know, just to give you a short idea to just kind of situate yourself into this um, tridoshic system. Yeah, So vata would be the tendency to cold and dryness. Um, the people are usually more on the thinner side. They can be like tall and thin or very short and thin, for example. And um, yeah, they are very creative, very artistic. Often artists or writers, singers, actors are uh, of this Vata uh, constitution. So the doshas are kind of composed by the five elements. Yeah, So we have earth, water, fire, air and ether. So ether, you could say space. Yeah, this is yeah just another word for space, let's say. So earth is, of course, anything that's solid, water, anything that is liquid, fire represents the power and air could be any gas, for example. So uh, the doshas uh, consist, consist of these five elements. Yeah, For example, the kapha dosha is earth and water, pitta is water and fire and vata is air and air ether yeah air and space yeah so you can already see the vata dosha is very 
airy and yeah, kind of ungrounded up in the air if we don't control it. Of course, we have all those five elements in in different proportions in, in our bodies. And this is our kind of physical and mental makeup, uh, different proportions of these elements. So it's not that a Vata person only consists of air and ether. Of course not. Yeah, we all have a physical body. We all have blood running through our veins. This is the rep representation of liquid or our lymph. So it just means, you know, Vata is very high up into this air ether space and sometimes needs a bit more grounding. Yeah. Or for example, uh, air, of course, can create dryness. Yeah. This is why the Vata dosha often suffer, suffers from dryness, like dry skin, for example, dry and brittle hair and nails. Yeah. Just dryness in general, dry mouth, for example. Yeah. So we can already read something out of these five elements. What is this dosha about and what are maybe some health uh, challenges that these people have? Yeah, so the vata dosha, as I said, typically we have very creative artists and um, yeah, anything that is creative. They are mentally very fast. Yeah, they talk a lot. They move a lot and they worry a lot. Yeah, this is a kind of um, a short descriptions of the Vata Dosha. And by the way, this is also very similar similar to Chinese medicine. Yeah, we're talking about Ayurveda now, but both systems have actually a lot in common. So in in Chinese medicine, they leave it at the element level. Yeah, so Ayurveda starts with the elements, earth, water, fire, air and ether, and then kind of sums it up uh, in form of the doshas. And Chinese medicine stays in the elements and they talk about earth, water, wood, fire and metal so metal would be air and ether together so metal directly represents the vata dosha and then they have fire separate and water separate which ayurveda does not look at it in this separate way they only have the combination of water and fire which is the pitta dosha and chinese elements have this pitta dosha in the form of wood so wood would be the combination of water and fire yeah and then earth is also the same in in chinese medicine so this is really um, yeah, it has uh, this root in both systems and it makes a lot of sense, you know, to look uh, yeah, to look through this lens gives you a lot of insight into the possible health challenges of somebody or, you know, you don't want to give somebody who is high vata and already tends to dryness. You don't want to give them a lot of drying herbs and even, you know, there might be a reason you have to give them some herb because it's just the right herb for their condition and it's a bit drying. You know, make sure you give them also something moistening on top so that, uh, you know, that they don't get the drying side effects of a certain uh, strategy. Yeah. So it's not, um, sometimes it gets taken too far, you know, and it's not all about just looking at the dosha and just balancing the dosha. It's not everything is vata, pitta, kapha, which sometimes in Ayurvedic uh, medicine, you get the idea. It is all about that. It's definitely a big part to look at, but, you know, you can be a vata type and you have a pitta imbalance. You know, if you have an inflammation, if you have a rash, for example, yeah, pitta, remember, is the heat and fire, ne? so inflammation would be a pitta symptom. You can definitely, as a vata person, have some inflammation and probably you will have in your life ne? some inflammatory, even if it's a temporary issue. Yeah, It's just not that you have the tendency probably to have like uh, many, many years of an inflammatory condition or you have acne, for example, ne? any inflammatory skin condition 
condition like eczema or acne, rosacea would be redness, inflammation would be a pitta condition. On the other hand, you know, some eczemas can be dry and flaky and then this is more of a vata problem. Yeah, Vata is the dryness Uh, for example. So it depends. We always treat the imbalance. We don't treat the dosha. Yeah, the dosha is just something. This is what you are from birth. It's You can change it. You know, you are or a vata, a pitta or kapha. And of course, there are some combinations also. You can be a combination. You can even be tridoshic. This is not the best thing, you know. <laughs> It's not uh, that that's easier or totally balanced or whatever. It's usually... Um, yeah, it can be trickier to treat, you know, because then you don't have this guidance of just knowing, okay, this person, you know, just needs a response to warming treatments and to moist moistening treatments like would be good for Vata. Yeah, you don't have this in a tridoshic person. But it's also very rare, you know, even if you, let's say you took a test. Uh, yeah, we have to talk about those questionnaires. Yeah, of course, you can go to the internet and you can just take a test. Yeah, just type in dosha quiz and you will find many, many tests to take online. And they spit out an answer, but take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, be a bit careful. You know, I, I never figured out my dosha by, by some of those tests um, because, you know, you can be, for example, a pitta, but you have so many vata symptoms. Vata dosha already messed it up and came in and, you know, destroyed some of your uh, health or created health problems let's say yeah so it is usually the vata dosha just because it is movement it is the only dosha that has the capability to change location in your body and for example you know, to yeah to get other doshas out of their place where they should be normally so vata dosha is the troublemaker which does not mean that people that are uh, that have this vata dosha are the most problematic in their health problems. Not at all, you know. Vata can be balanced and then it's a wonderful dosha to have, you know. It's just, I have many, many vata friends because they're so inspiring to talk to and, I mean, they talk a lot. <laughs> you, Yeah, it's good if you also get a chance um, to talk with them. But, um, yeah, they're very creative, very interesting people to talk to. I absolutely love my vata friends and uh, they are, yeah, they have this capability, you know. They are so creative and fluid and kind of fast in their thinking and I mean they can get you know up into the air too much and be too ungrounded yeah but there is many of course many people you can be perfectly balanced having a vata constitution just as with any other dosha yeah there is not one dosha that is preferable or kind of better to have or anything and I hope I can a bit work against this uh, stigma or not trying to um, uh, yeah make it seem like any dosha has anything negative. I mean, the definition, the direct translation of dosha is the thing that goes rotten. Yeah, it is the thing that goes corrupt. Yeah, it is the problem. It is what can get out of balance and then create problems. Yeah, so from this standpoint, yes, yeah, we have to look at our dosha. We have to know it. We have to go, yeah, get to know it well so we know which health practices are Uh, recommendable for us or not yeah so for example yeah um, vata people for them it's better to have regular meal times they are usually more on the thinner side physically but also i tell you of course in our modern days and with modern diets any dosha can have overweight or uh, problems that would be more kapha yeah more the accumulation né, of weight and heaviness and wetness in the body 
So even a Vata person could have problems with over overweight, but this is usually not the case. So usually they're on the thin side. Usually they should have regular meal times, at least three meals a day plus two snacks. Yeah. So not intermittent fasting and not any, yeah, any uh, reducing diets kind of, um, yeah, fasting or only eating raw food would be absolutely not good for Vata type people. Yeah. So Vata have this tendency to coldness and dryness. Yeah. Imagine if they eat a raw food diet, this food is difficult to digest and Vata has digestive problems, has a problem with the digestive fire. Yeah. They usually don't have enough of this digestive fire or they have to be careful and take care of their digestive fire. So raw food would absolutely be not good for a vata dosha fasting would not be good or can be done only under certain circumstances you know maybe with a vata person you could do what they usually do in ayurveda they do a kitchari diet yeah kitchari is this mixture of uh, a bean a grain cooked together yeah usually kind of a mung bean together with some rice and vegetables so this is cooked in a big pot and this is kind of a, a mild ayurvedic detox Or, yeah, what mild. It, it's not like a full, you know, kind of panchakarma style uh, detox, but it's something you could do at home. And then the the kapha dosha would get, get kind of the least um, calories during the detox. They get the soupy, more liquid part of this big pot of, of soup. Yeah, the pitta gets kind of a medium portion from the middle and the vata gets like the thick stuff from the bottom where there is really the starches and the calories and the carbohydrates and they can have an extra spoon of ghee on their meal, for example. Yeah, so they need fat to hold the moisture in their body. They remember they tend to dryness and to cold. So we want to give them cooked foods that are easy to absorb. The food doesn't have to be necessarily hot. Yeah, for example, if you make an oatmeal, Of course, you can let it cool down and eat then, but you should prefer the cooked oatmeal over the raw, uh, just soaked oatmeal or, I mean, at least soaked, yeah, but not like crunchy, dry granola or something. This would be also something this, um, yeah, is just, just not enough moisture for the vata dosha, yeah. So moist and warm foods, warming foods, also warming spices, yeah, definitely put some cinnamon on your oatmeal or some clove or cardamom. All those spices, I talked about them in the digestive episode. So this this episode about digestive tips would be a great start to balance your vata dosha. Vata needs all help they can get for digestion, especially in the sense of warming spices that help them to tend their digestive fire. Yeah, so this would be good for vata. And those carminative herbs, yeah, we talked about them in the digestive episode. Yes, yeah? so, uh, seeds like fennel seeds and anise and cumin and ajwan, um, car caraway. So these seeds, they are good for gas. Yeah, they help to dispel the gas from the digestive tract, which is a yeah, a very big tendency for the vata dosha. Yeah, so it helps with the digestion and against gas and it can also calm the nerves in a way yeah so anxiety insomnia and gas yeah this is and dryness yeah this is kind of the the, the three four things that vata dosha usually suffers from yeah so you can imagine anything that helps for Uh, also mental calmness yeah we have nervines to just calm down the anxiety but also 
the, of course, I mean, you can e easily imagine that insomnia is affected by anxiety, yeah, that you can't sleep or wake up at night or have a hard time falling back asleep, which is also very, very typical, as I said, for, for people of the Vata Dosha, yeah, that this contributes to insomnia. So, so in, anxiety can contribute to insomnia, but also gas and digestive problems can cause the anxiety and the insomnia. Or to say it a bit differently if you treat one thing then you can also balance out the other things yeah it's always sometimes a bit more difficult to work directly on the mind or on psychological things like anxiety so in ayurveda they would say they treat the most stable thing first yeah which is the body yeah and if we balance the body then this can of course also have a big effect on our mood on anxiety on mood issues yeah so this is the idea of ayurveda that we balance the digestion and help a vata person to have less gas and a better digestion so that their anxiety can calm down and then they can sleep better, for example. Yeah? So herbs, anything that would help them sleep or treat the anxiety or is good for digestion or warms them up or moistens them. So this is also a big thing moistening therapies so water in our body always occurs is as a mixture of fat and oil yeah we have this kind of slimy lubrication in our body that is usually this mixture of oil and water the oil helps us to keep the water not to keep us moist in a way yeah so oil therapies are very very big for vata yes and oil everywhere you know you can take it you can put it on your skin you can have a full-on head massage or uh, like a full body massage drench yourself in oil yeah and add good fats of course to your diet the problem is vata can sometimes not digest those fats very well yeah so vata people are also the first to say oh no i don't i don't like fatty food i don't like eat fried food at all and of course you shouldn't eat fried food yeah that's not what i said yeah but uh, vata yeah usually they don't like these foods that much because it feels heavy they have problems digesting fat so we have to go slowly maybe adding like a very high quality omega-3 oil to the diet as a supplement would be beneficial having a bit of ghee if if if, if you're not vegan or vegetarian uh, or yeah or vegetarian would would fit them no? having some ghee or just olive oil or any other good fat that you can have in your diet would be beneficial yeah we do not want a dry diet without fats yeah we want a warm nourishing kind of soupy <laughs> moist diet for vata people yeah and we want of course you know if i say to a vata person you need to have three meals a day at the same time every day get up at the same time every day and go to sleep every time at the same day they are like oh no this is really the least thing i want yeah they have the tendency exactly to the opposite thing yeah which is not caring so much about eating you know ah intermittent fasting sounds great you know i just have to eat half of the day so half of my problems are solved you know uh, usually they don't like that much to think about eating many of them not all of them you know i mean everything take it all with a bit of a grain of salt they're of course different degrees of of vataness so to say yeah so it doesn't apply but it is pretty fascinating how much it applies in the end you know i mean i'm 
I'm always surprised, honestly. You know, sometimes I can just from a first interaction with a client, you know, I just get an email back and forth and I haven't even talked to the person. I haven't seen them. I already know, oh, this is a very high Bata client, you know, and I can already write down on my, um, yeah, on my paper, you know, high Vata, insomnia, gas, anxiety, dryness i can already write it down <laughs> almost before talking to the person you know and then of course they tell me yeah they they suffer from tinnitus which is a condition it manifests in the ear yeah you have those ear sounds all the time for example yeah this would be the movement yeah the energy is just uh, movement air yeah remember the air element kind of creating damage in the body in the ear causing this you know, sound movement you know? sound is also of course this air has this air quality you know? sound travels through the air yeah so sound would be vata you know? many are musicians or have a really very uh, fine hearing that they hear more than other people are very attuned to sounds for example yeah M much more than other doshas yeah so for example this would be a condition or or they have had forever adhd and just couldn't concentrate in school on you because they had always way too many things in on their mind and going in all direction also uh, couldn't sit still always kind of nervous and moving and talking so Yeah, I always find some typical Vata disease if uh, if a person is high Vata. And yeah, I have to say that my very, very high Vata clients, they are the most difficult to treat because, of course, it's hard for them to stick to a plan. No? So if you tell them, you know, take so and so much and this and that. Uh, three times a day this and that herb and this and that supplement and, and those diet changes the next time you meet after a month yeah it's it's just difficult usually they did like um, 20% of the recommendations and maybe 20% of the time not every day and then we have to go very slowly and they also usually have a side effect or or think they have a side effect of something yeah they're like oh after I took this herb I just felt so and so and this and that so I wasn't sure if it's the right thing for me if I should continue taking it yeah they have lots of questions and lots of doubts and they feel things in their body usually they need way lower doses of herbs and of everything than the other doshas yeah so just to simplify yeah, um, pittas would need kind of a medium normal dose of herbs and supplements kaphas of course they can have a higher dose they also usually have higher body weight and they have a slower metabolism so they maybe need double or double or triple the normal dose and vatas yeah we have to start with very tiny doses and sometimes they just need half of the normal dose of something but and also we have to make them somehow get them to take those herbs which can be very tricky yeah they have lots of, of questions and doubts and of course just sticking to something does not come natural to them yeah they're sometimes a bit disorganized or just scattered their mind is scattered or especially of course i mean they come to me because they have a health issue so then they are in an imbalanced state of vata yeah i'm not saying that all vatas are totally disorganized or scattered in their life at all time yeah not at all i mean the goal is to ground the vata to balance the vata to pacify it to a point that vatas can Uh, live their their qualities and just shine in this world and get along well and have a balanced life like like all of us yeah but it can be tricky if it's already out of balance then it's very hard to get them to do something yeah so each dosha has their challenges yeah so i would say in general 
maybe pittas are the most easy to treat because they stick to something you know they make a plan i can also tell you know you know immediately i mean really i know before i even talk to people if they are vata pitta or kapha dosha the pittas the you know the vatas would be like right and have some questions and maybe then they book and then they cancel and you know and then they have to rebook and and then you know maybe you never hear from them or maybe, you know it can be very erratic and can already in the in the communication prior to the first consultation you are like oh yeah yeah mm -hmm. i'm dealing with high vata here the pittas would be like very practical and very straightforward you know um sometimes it's like Uh, they send you the full list of the supplements they're taking with the dosages and everything, you know, they give you the info, they are prepared, they come on time, they schedule their meeting, maybe they even set up the Zoom link for you and send you the Zoom link to the consultation before I even get a chance, you know, they're like super prepared and, you know, ambitious in their life and, and straightforward and everything. So... Uh, yeah, this would be a pitta person. Of course, they don't have problems if they decide they go on a health plan and they want to take herbs. They do it. They buy them. They stick a paper to the fridge and they just take their herbs and they expect results and they expect that we um, yeah, check those results and check the blood levels again and all that, of course, no? which I'm happy to do. Maybe if you have guessed it, I am also a pitta. <laughs> so yeah, many herbalists are actually high vata because of course uh, herbalism is also very, yeah, it can be, you know, has this, I don't know, just alternative, I don't want to say spiritual or esoteric anything because yeah, for me, it's not that. Yeah, for me, herbalism is not at all like that spiritual or not in the way like it would be for a vata person, you know. But of course, you know, you can talk to plants and create a relationship with plants and you're into those subtle energies. Yeah, let's say it like that. Yeah, so the vatas like subtle energies and um, yeah, the space, the ether, the air. No? So yeah, I'm a more pitta, more grounded herbalist i also like to get results you know to get my clients on a health plan that they follow 100% 100% of the time if possible and that then we check for the results and if not you know we're gonna get the results this is like uh, yeah pittas are very kind of ambitious and um, yeah they have a goal and then they go get it no? in that way so kafas <clears throat> for example if a kafa person um books a health consultation often it's it's or yeah no yeah i don't remember actually let's say i see them in the consultation for the first time they would say i don't know why i'm here my wife told me to come <laughs> yeah this would be a typical vata scenario that they themselves wouldn't have made the effort really to consult with an herbalist you know so kapha is more calm and stable can can be a bit stagnant no, they are yeah they're very uh, it's a very stable no? it's remember it's earth and water so these people are super grounded they have amazing stamina I mean they are you know they can just keep working and keep doing it and they Uh, yeah, they don't give up. They have the energy. They don't run out of breath. Like, you know, they, the Vata people are already tired and already out of the game. And the Kapha person still keeps going, you know. And of course, they build success over time. No? Money and stability is important to them. So, yeah, we get into the other doshas a bit more in detail, I hope. So this is maybe a, a multiple part series. Let's see how far we get today. So as I said, Vata many 
is really their mind is like a bird it can fly in all kinds of directions it's fluctuating they can be moody they can be euphoric relentless curious their memory is usually not so good so their long-term memory especially maybe their short-term memory is pretty good um, their strengths are in this creative artistic uh, realm and their emotional weakness would be anxiety fear insecurity for example Yeah. So, um, yeah, and also, as I said, their digestion, dryness, they, they tend to have this dry, cold body. In terms of achieving goals, they are easily distracted. Yeah, so Pitta would be more focused and driven and Kapha would be more slow and steady in achieving their goals. Yeah, in terms of um, romantic relationships, Vata would have more trouble, you know, to have long-term relationships or even friendships, you know, not that they can't have a long, stable uh, relationship. Of course, we want them to be so balanced that they uh, can have that if they choose to. Yeah, but they have maybe more the tendency of, you know, they're very fluctuating and changing friendships maybe quickly. Um, Pittas have intense relationships, of course, all this fire. And Kaffas have the most long and the deepest, most intimate relationships. Yeah, at work... Vata works best while supervised. Yeah, they usually need a bit something or somebody giving them a structure and supervising them because on their own, you know, it's just they can stop anything anytime or, you know, go off, drift off in, in another direction. So Pitta works best alone or as a boss and Kaffa works best in groups. Yeah, they are actually the most like really social you know they don't get triggered easily by other people's emotions um yeah, they are just calm and stable and loyal so in terms of reacting to stim stimulation like vata gets excited very quickly like pitta medium and kapha is more slow to excite but when they're excited then then they also stay in that feeling so it's, it takes for them longer to shift for example they don't get easily angry but when they get angry then be careful yeah then it also takes them maybe longer to get out of that state yeah so vata would make friends quickly have more short friendships pitta would often have friends related to their job or in a kind of a business sense maybe and kapha has like those deep long lasting friendships yeah just some some other ideas that now uh, yeah we have talked about more uh, physical characteristics first so these are more in the realm of other uh, characteristics of the mind so of course this can for example also play out imagine in relationships yeah if you have two Vata people together in the relationship, it can be a bit chaotic. I mean, then probably nobody is going to get up and making food at the same time, you know. <laughs> There is not one person, no? maybe for the rhythm and for the real reliability and for the stability. Yeah, So it's two Vatas. It's like, um, how did my, my, my teacher say, like, um, nobody feeds the dog and, oh, where is the dog anyway? No, Like, it's, it's maybe disappeared since three days and they haven't even noticed. Yeah, so Vata, two Vatas together in a relationship, it can get a bit chaotic. It doesn't have to. But um, yeah, I just mentioned my teacher, of course. I learned all of this from KP Kalsa. He is the expert. He is a yoga Raj and like Ayurvedic doctor and like really deep into Ayurveda and herbalism and Chinese medicine. I mean, he is 
he has this immense experience of his whole lifetime and I mean he because I didn't primarily go into Ayurveda I wanted to study herbalism western herbalism and this is my main interest actually but I use so much Ayurveda and these Ayurvedic concepts in my work and even as I said in my private daily life just understanding people better and how they work uh, is so interesting so these theories really they hold a big value for me in my my practical work and understanding the world better so yeah i'm really thankful i that my teacher kp kalsa opened this door to me and gave me these insights so many of the things i'm telling you here today i learned from him he's an amazing man so yeah yeah so two vatas together yeah it could get a bit um, they, yeah, it's not the best balance in a relationship. Let's say it has some challenges. Um, two pittas together, of course. I mean, whew, there would be a lot of intenseness and fighting and uh, anger and passion and everything. So also two pittas, pittas is not ideal, and of course two kafas is also not ideal. So they would have maybe get a bit too stagnant or, yeah. Principally, that no, that it would be, yeah, maybe, uh, yeah. Every dosha benefits from the other dosha. Yeah, if you are more a kapha person, you benefit from having a partner that is more vata or pitta. Yeah, somebody who um, just in, inspires and brings this element of creativity and lightness. And uh, the kapha is more heavy and more more stable. But kapha can also ground a vata person. I mean, imagine, yeah, vata, this artistic and, oh, did I eat today at all? No? I mean, not only eating at the same time every day and eating something, it's like, oh, have, when's the last time I haven't, I haven't have eaten something? This would be the vata. And of course, kapha is there uh, taking care for regular meal times and this certain stability and can ground a vata. So this is an ideal relationship. Yeah, vata kapha or pitta kapha. I mean, kaphas are great. They're great for long-term stable relationships. So definitely that's wonderful for pitta or vata to get together. So vata and pitta, yeah, they would still, yeah, there is still a benefit, um, definitely. It's also a good combination. So anything that is, you know, with a different dosha than your dosha is actually good in a relationship. So you balance each other out. Yeah, there are so many things um, to balance. Um, yeah, to balance you out. Ne? Like, like I said in Ayurveda, it's not only the herbs you take. We talked about a couple of herbs for vata. It's of course also lifestyle changes like this eating at the same time, going to bed at the same time, the amount of meals you would eat during the day. Ne? As I said for Vata, this would be like three times a day and two snacks. Sometimes they need, if they have an early dinner, then they need a little snack at nine o'clock, ten o'clock before they go to bed. Of course, they shouldn't also stay up too late. They need also the most amount of sleep. Yeah, they need... Um, at least yeah, eight hours, nine hours of sleep. Yeah, let's say Vata nine, Pitta eight, and Kapha uh, seven hours of sleep. So they should get their sleep. If they don't get enough sleep, it also further destabilizes them. Can easily destabilize them. So there are certain lifestyle practices, yeah, that are maybe way more important than just taking the right herb, yeah, or the oil massages. Now somebody. Uh, of a vata constitution could do a daily oil massage would be very beneficial to calm the nerves to soothe them to calm the anxiety to make them sleep better it has a great great benefit 
for example. They also should be careful of their media consumption. So like Twitter is maybe the highest Vata social media platform ever and should not be used by Vatas. Of course, they love it. <laughs> they have probably invented it. So <laughs> yeah, be careful with any social media. I mean, it just draws them in. It, they get anxiety from it. It is just, it's too much information. I mean, they're anyway, they're all the time, you know, thinking and Uh, their mind has this fluidity so they go off in all kinds of directions and yeah so social media is too much news they shouldn't watch any news <laughs> or as little as possible I mean a, a media de detox is definitely a good thing for Vatas not much screen time definitely turning off the screen a couple hours before bedtime definitely at least yeah not taking the phone to the bedroom not first thing in the morning switching on the phone and checking social media or the news or something so Yeah, they need stable grounding activities. Yeah, being in nature, being with other people, with other grounded <laughs> people, make some kaffa friends maybe. So, um, yeah, just not this constant stimulation. And then also traveling is very vata, you know, especially air travel. I mean, this is the vata thing. Yeah, or, or also, you know, yeah, other things processes yeah I, i mentioned you know twitter is high vata in itself the idea no, of these constant fast conversations and sh short and changing fluctuating uh, this is super high vata air travel and traveling in itself is high vata no? the movement no? so living here and then there and then flying to over there and being a couple of days here and there this is also increasing the the vata energy and can create an imbalance in people who are uh, of this vata dosha yeah so being at the same place in a very stable environment very grounded regular this would be beneficial for vata and of course it is the most difficult thing for them to do because this is not where it draws them yeah it draws them to this high flying creativity and um Yeah, into all kinds of directions. Yeah, so they need a bit of the opposite what they're drawn to, unfortunately. I mean, most of us, yeah, I mean, the pittas are also drawn to uh, competition and uh, success and all this. So they should also chill out a bit and get a bit more calm and definitely not yeah, get too angry and all that. Ne? And kafas can be, they are very stable and very loyal and have amazing stamina, amazing fertility and all that. But yeah, sometimes they need a little kick in the behind and maybe getting up out of their recliner of uh, their comfortable chair a bit more often and they they need more mental stimulation eh? for them it's good to study and uh, to to learn new things and do new things maybe to travel and try out a new environment or something so we all yeah need a bit of this opposite yeah if not we burn our gifts yeah it's literally that of course These are amazing things and amazing gifts. Yeah, each dosha has their amazing gift that they're just good at. And then, of course, we get feedback and we get validation for what we are good at. And we like it because, you know, vatas are great at creativity and pittas are great at um, doing things and accomplishing things. And kapha have this uh, calmness and amazing stamina and everything. So, but we can burn our gifts. Yeah, especially pitta and vata tend to. I mean, kapha also. Kapha would be this accumulation, no? or maybe the overweight or overeating or whatever. No? So that they have to be careful about, especially. No? So, yeah, we are attracted to certain things, but the opposite, a bit more of the opposite would be good to balance us out so that we don't burn through our fuel and then 
yeah, we lose our gifts. Eh? So pitas tend to the inflammation and um, then they can have burnout if they totally burn through all their energy that they are spending on a daily basis. Yeah? But vata dosha can get in, into any other dosha. So it's not that you can't have vata problems if you're a pitta or a kapha. Definitely you can. I see it all the time, actually. So that's why this episode is maybe also good to understand. You know, if you're a pitta, but you have insomnia and anxiety and constipation, yeah, then we are treating the vata. Yeah? And we have to be even more careful no? because we could easily just warm up your digestion, give you a bunch of warming herbs to help with the constipation, anxiety and insomnia. But You are a pitta, you are of a pitta dosha, so we can't warm you up too much. Yeah, You also tend to overheat and to inflammation. So I can't give you the chili and too much ginger and all those warming herbs that I could, could give to a vata, even though we are treating maybe a cold and dry condition that you have as a pitta type. Yeah, So it's really, yeah, it's not so straightforward. Yeah, I'm always careful. That's why I'm always careful with the recommendations. Yeah, For example, about a pitta type you would say yeah yeah they can handle raw food you know they can be on a raw food diet no? so it would be for vata absolutely not like very little raw food maybe only in summer like a tiny percentage of raw food definitely no raw or cold foods in winter yeah pittas yep they can handle raw food and and kaffas also to a certain extent i mean kaffas are also more cold and heavy But they are robust and um, yeah, it's not ideal for them. But for pitta, it's good because raw food, of course, is cooling and pitta needs the cooling. So for them, it would be good. But you can have a pitta person and they actually have uh, already some damage to their digestive fire. Yeah? Or they, the pitta, the digestive fire uh, is already all over and creates inflammations in other parts let's say yeah the the the, the pitta the heat ne, is not there where we need it which is in the stomach yeah it already busted out of the stomach and maybe now you have inflammation in your thyroid or some somewhere else in your arteries or in your heart or somewhere else in the body ne? so you can have a problem uh, and cooling therapies wouldn't be the only thing that resolves your issue yeah it's not always so straightforward yeah that's just my little caveat if you read some lists of what is good for pitta of course you find all those lists with food suggestions yeah what should uh, vata pitta or kapha eat and what shouldn't they eat and it's all very detailed and you know i mean if whatever i'm inventing now but like lentils are a bit more heating than mung beans or whatever or the other way around i really don't remember because um it's really it makes a tiny difference yeah it's more the sum of the things you are doing yeah so i really prefer you know people stick to some very simple dietary rules yeah which is for vata dosha eat regular meals eat more warm and cooked foods and not so much raw or cold foods and have regular meal times three meals a day and as many snacks as you need you should have a couple of snacks and uh, you know eat moist foods like prefer a soup over crackers you know or over yeah something dry yeah so you need kind of moist liquid soupy easy to digest foods yeah this is the only thing then later if you eat lentils or mung beans i don't care so much you know i mean vata has problems with gas so i wouldn't recommend they eat a lot of of those bigger beans yeah if you eat like really those um what are they called kidney beans or something 
it will create gas, especially in vata people who have a tendency to gas. And lentils or mung beans or any smaller lentil, which they're also legumes, so it's the same category, you get your protein from them. But they don't cause so much gas as those bigger kidney beans, for example. Yeah. So this would be, for example, a dietary recommendation that I think makes sense. Yeah. Then all those other things, yeah, they play, of course, the overall picture is important yeah the sum of the things you do in a day yeah or for example uh, a pitta shouldn't go jogging in the heat at 12 o'clock at midday yeah so they should take a walk in the moonshine close to a body of water yeah close to a lake for example in the moonshine when it's already you know not being exposed to the sun and just take a walk to calm and chill down for example yeah ayurvedic ayurveda has this also, yeah, almost poetic uh, language and tips for us, like taking walks in the moonshine. But yeah, definitely, it is soothing and calming for the pitta dosha. Okay, let's see. I talked a lot already, so I don't want to make this too long. Let me know if you like this episode. Um, so my plan was to also talk about pitta and kapha, to also dedicate each dosha an episode and get a bit into more herbs but as i said listen to all of them even if you are sure ah yeah i'm a i'm a pitta so i don't have to listen to the vata episode do it anyway i think it's just interesting and i mean you could have a condition at some point as i said that is more um dryness or you know, for example constipation or insomnia it's not that pittas don't get that at all or kaffas don't get that at all so it's always good to know or maybe you have a family member or somebody who is a vata i definitely have lots of vata friends like I read today on the Instagram profile of somebody who followed me, it was like, I lose my keys, phone or mind at least five times a day. So this would be a typical phrase of a Vata person to say. Yeah. So this is Vata Dosha. Um, yeah. At its, um, yeah, not at its best in this case, of course, because that's what we don't want. Yeah, this is would be a vata dosha that needs a bit of balancing. And then I go to this other Instagram account of somebody here. It was somebody of you here, my my dear podcast listeners, uh, was like, ah, oh, this wonderful, amazing artwork. Really like that the picture was just she was drawing animals they were just jumping out of the paper really amazing i mean this is really vata at its finest i could never create such amazing art and a few days ago i had the opportunity really like a rare opportunity to witness something like this but i was a space holder or witness however you you want to say it was a professional context you know we were having a meeting between coaches and people in the healing area like me herbalists and other yeah, kind of coaches and there was one uh, hyp hypnotherapist I think you say so it was about hypnosis and I could witness a session of him hypnotizing this girl and I was so fascinated really as this was also of course hypnosis is also way in the vata realm like this absolutely ethereal I don't know how to say you know it's uh, it was amazing it was amazing also how he was leading the session and everything yeah I just thought to myself you know Vata at its finest yeah the Vata quality in this world it's just fascinating and amazing you know each dosha has so much to give and so much yeah yeah really to to give and to contribute on this planet so we want everybody to be in the perfect balance just in the sweet spot 
that you can use your gifts and give your gifts and live a happy life. I mean, this is the ultimate goal, you know, we're not talking here this whole podcast is not just you know we want to treat this disease and get rid of this symptom or that symptom but why do we need to get rid of those symptoms we we want to live an active and healthy life you know we want to contribute be happy and find this fulfillment on this whole other level you know that is way more than just physical health okay yeah i think that was it for today thank you for listening as always you know each episode is sponsored by my own hard work as an herbalist so i offer consultations you can go to my website herbalhelp.net if you need help you can see my health packages there on the website you can write me you can have a free call with me if you're not sure you know if you want to work with me as a practitioner for your health issues to improve your health or whatever find out which dosha you really are um, then you can also have a free call talk to me to find out if we're a good match of course you know me a little bit already with the podcast i also have uh, this little membership program my link is in the description on this coffee site you can leave a donation just to support the podcast you can also join my little membership program to deepen your learning about herbs and I send you a nice little video every week with something inspiring to learn about herbalism so this is a good way to go deeper and learn more and yeah thank you for listening write me an email it's tamara at herbalhelp.net so this is my website herbalhelp.net you can go there right through the contact form or just send me an email directly to tamara at herbalhelp.net And yeah, tell me what you think, send me a feedback and talk to you next time. Ciao.